0: You are listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad, Erwin Raphael McManus. It's so good to have you here today. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. Honestly, I've been feeling a little lackluster about the podcast. I've not been feeling like I've been bringing my best to it. This week, Mm. (laughs) I I am mentally prepared. I'm spiritually prepared. I'm calm. I'm in my centered zone.
1: Well, for all of you who are faithful listeners, thank you so much for hanging in there with us.
0: Thank you so it's it's hard when you take a summer off and then you get back in it and then you're like, okay You're still off. How do I how do I do this?
1: <laughs> and but here we go. And there's so many good things to talk about. There's so many good things. I, I think a part of um what we're having to adjust to is, is that you're you're trying to be more positive. And it's not working. <laughs> but you're funnier. And when you're more interesting. <laughs> and you're you're wittier when you go to the dark
0: side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this about myself. Tricky. Okay. So maybe that's the perfect description for what we're about to release. Okay. We, we're launching a new Patreon. Yes. A Patreon. And Not I, a new one, just a Patreon. Patron.
1: First time we're asking people to really...
0: No, it's called Patreon. Patreon. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a play on Patreon.
1: Right. We're saying, but we're, it's the first time we're really, basically providing a paid-for version. We of get, battle ready. We
0: we get hit up all of the time. Yes. By you guys asking us if there's a way you guys can contribute. We released merch. That's one way of contributing. But mm-hmm. I think we're gonna close merch down. We released it for the last like two months. Okay. Closing that season down, and we're launching Patreon. And there's gonna be like four different categories. Right now, what wow. I have, I've been building the back end over the weekend. Th- there's a five dollar option, which is I like you. There's a ten dollar option, which is I love you. There's a fifteen or twenty dollar option, which is um, a die hard battle ready. And then there's a twenty dollar option or a forty dollar option that is um, bury me in battle ready. All right, so it's y- <laughs> just <laughs> what I came up with in the moment. I was gonna run it by you. It, bro. The,
1: the, the only one I'm not really feeling is the uh, bury I, me I and love battle. no, I love you for ten dollars. <laughs> Well, I know. You don't I don't sh- you don't love me for ten dollars well, so, I love is, you ten dollars worth This is
2: what this do is a, do what? A poll.
1: I think it should be called I Love You Ten Dollars Worth. I love <laughs> I love you for
2: $10. Or call it DM me.
0: DM me. So there's like different perks, and we're kind of expanding on the perks, but five dollars is basically like you're you're just kind mm-hmm. of saying I like you, thank you, buying us, you know, it's like if you could take us to coffee, this is how you'd do it. Ten dollars is I love you, and it's like early access to the podcast, twenty four hours earlier, behind the scenes content. This is gonna we're gonna add to these things. Mm. This is kind of initially what separates it. Right. Diehards, early access to the podcast, live Q and As once a month, behind the scenes content. Um, so I think it's like a Zoom call, where we do a live Q and A, and we record mm. it and release it as an episode as well at some point. Forty dollars a month is all of the things. Plus, you can name my firstborn child. I'm just kidding. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what else you can do. We're gonna Why don't we things. just
1: create some special merch and only the $40 people can buy them?
0: Ooh! Ooh.
1: VIP club. VIP club. They can vote on the merch. Yeah.
0: It'll be VIB. <laughs> very important very battles. Very important per- <laughs> battles. Okay. I don't know but I also thought of a cool know well, we should create somewhere that says bury me in battle
1: ready bury me in battle ready that's hilarious that's funny what, what I'm I, funny what I thought you are funny what I, <laughs> I just need time I need time to stew you're right funny. this is a better version so what I no think, no what I thought we should do is alright so we're gonna call wait, it light side and dark side They're that's like, what I that like, was just gonna like, say, like a, a side and mind? B side of the Beatles the light side is free and the dark side you gotta, you gotta, pay, pay, you gotta pay for the dark side <laughs>
0: <laughs> so maybe like what you get on the Patreon side is you get like the behind the scenes content and then you're going to get the the dark side. Yeah. And also I think there's like topics that
1: I am interested in. I am actually very interested yeah. in politics. I you am are. very interested in cultural, um, uh, you know, complexities of the right and the left and, and where we are going as a society. And maybe, you know, that's something we can bring in the... In the upper level conversation, for people who actually want that, some people don't want it. Some people don't want us talking about politics. They don't want to talk about those kinds of the larger political cultural issues. Uh, but if you do, maybe that's that's a good place to go for a patron. Patreon.
0: Patreon. It's like French.
2: Say it deeper. <laughs> Patreon. Yeah. I don't think so.
0: I think it's probably Patreon.
2: Patron. <laughs> no. patron, patron, patron—that's
0: patron. 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 tequila, and that's not on this episode of Ready.
1: Okay, podcast. that's the eighty-dollar version. That's the eighty-dollar version. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs>
0: remember what happened last night.
1: <laughs> you don't even but drink, I, but I know I need to pay for. It.
0: <laughs> my, my favorite thing is like when people bring him alcohol to his house oh my for gosh. like gifts. And he just has like a random closet where he's just like, I've got to figure out what to do with these things. But <laughs> he had this bottle of like Casa Azul, and I don't even <laughs> think you knew what it was. It was this beautiful bottle, and I was what like, is it? It's like a, a very very expensive bottle of tequila. And someone stole it from my back house. Someone stole it? Yeah, what? you. I didn't steal it. No, you, I never took it. I promise. Mm-hmm. No, I never took it. You just you're the only no, one. No, the knew big where the big went. one. Yeah. No, I never took it.
1: Someone took that, but I have another one I in think the way.
0: It's, I think probably Kimmy threw it away because people like just
1: those bring me such beautiful gifts. In fact, for my birthday, the, these friends of mine said, "Oh, we forgot your gift," and I said, "Oh, it's okay." And they said, "Yeah, it's an oh, entire man. case of these rare wines."
0: I know. I did take those. They no, you. they <laughs> didn't. Br- they didn't bring the case of oh, rare wines. They didn't.
1: No, and I, I, I literally thought to myself, "I, I need to start drinking." <laughs> no. No, you don't. <laughs>
2: it's never too late to start. You know,
1: So many of my friends bring me such extraordinary, this exquisite I, gifts, and I am so grateful for them.
0: But you don't drink it. I think it's a beautiful yeah. I think it's a beautiful characteristic of you. <laughs> you don't. And you don't really have the taste for it and you don't really enjoy it. It's right? not my thing. It's not your thing. And I love yeah. that it's not your thing. I think it needs to be less of our things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was driving here, I was getting us some coffees, yeah. uh, was driving back from 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 Blue Bottle with Austin, and I was looking at Instagram. And Emerson was posting what was going on in Mexico City.
1: Emerson is our pastor in Mexico City for Mosaic.
0: Yes. One of my best friends, wonderful human. But he was going to like, he was driving to like go get, pick up his son mm-hmm. from school because right. I guess when that happens, it was a 7.5 off the coast. The coast is only a few hours away. Pacific coast, yeah. Pacific coast. And they're, even though they're landlocked, mm. it's, I think Mexico City is built on like a waterbed. Yeah, on, I an think old so. lake. on a lake, yeah. And so it, it shifts and it shakes pretty heavily when there's earthquakes. Yeah,
1: it's not on solid ground.
0: No. And so, you know, 7.5. But I think, is it not the same date, same hour as the last so earthquake he that was the big a, one that was there last yeah. year? So
1: he sent me a text and Rook? this is to me kind of um, uh, like Twilight Zone-ish. He said, um, earthquake, same date, same hour, three years in a row. Scientists are trying to see what is behind this phenomenon, and and for some of you who remember Rod Sterling, this feels like a Rod Sterling kind of Twilight Zone moment of going, "How is it possible that there's an earthquake at the same on the same date at the same hour for three years in a row?"
0: That's pretty crazy. I don't understand. That's a phenomenon because
1: it tells you that something has been happening underneath the surface for three hundred sixty-four days, and that there's some kind of of revolution or cyclical pattern happening that in the earth that resets and every again. year
0: it is interesting
1: yeah um which is unnerving i you, have you know.
0: nothing scientific to say about that yeah i, I just uh, i i would
1: love for scientists to uh, give us feedback on this yeah and uh, send us some comments if you actually know this field and he did say that his heart was racing and uh, that they were all safe but uh, one of your friends sent you a video of a video. Of the, the building shaking.
0: Yeah, they work in they work on I guess the equivalent of Wall Street. Yeah. And they they're a broker and they were showing me like the inside of the building shaking. Is that sort of in Polanco or I think it's in Polanco. Yeah. Or Reforma. Yeah, and then they or maybe in Santa Fe. Okay. And then they were outside and the whole all the buildings were shaking, the phone was shaking and wow. it was pretty it was pretty heavy. And a few yeah. years
1: ago when the when the earthquake hit and destroyed Condesa. Yeah. And so many of the beautiful buildings were lost and
0: Remember the first time we were walking in Mexico yeah. City or the first time I was with you, I mean, down one of the most beautiful areas of yeah. of, of the city where so many artists live, there's just they were like townhouses mm-hmm. toppled over, apartment buildings toppled over and not huge ones like, you know, four or five yeah. stories just on the main parkway, just in the main park, just fallen over, leaning mm-hmm. into the next building. And it was mm-hmm. so bizarre because there'd be people living in one mm-hmm. with lights on in every mm-hmm. floor. Wow. The next one completely empty and, and and condemned.
1: Yeah. And you know, without um
0: So we're praying for our friends in Mexico City. Absolutely. We're praying that they get, they stay safe. And this and is the last one.
1: It just the imagery that comes to mind is even when Paul writes about how all creation is groaning for its redemption. And when you when you realize that the earth is is both this stationary sphere in the middle of space that provides this life and yet is in constant change and flux and with earthquakes and tornadoes and tsunamis and, and it, wow, if, if you need stability in your life, if you need a sense of security, don't even think about the context in which we live, that we're living on this hanging sphere in the middle of space and the earth is shaking and it's, you know, it's boiling from the center and, and it, it's, it's, it's a miracle. That we're alive. It's a miracle that there's human life and that there's life on this planet.
0: Okay. Yeah. I
1: know you look a little terrified when I said that. I don't
0: like that. (laughs) It feels like it and I don't like it. Um, I'm just saying- I I, did. Did I tell
1: you- It's just a great reminder to me of how one fragile life is and what an incredible miracle it is that human beings exist on this planet.
0: Yes. On top of that, I decided to cook on Friday night.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I
0: did. I decided to
1: there do. are people who decide to cook every day or... Aaron.
0: <laughs> i used to do like very simple things you can like put together like salads okay. or like mm-hmm. pre-cook something and then make a sandwich you know like i it's all grab and go stuff i don't really do the like cooking a meal thing all right so but i go- decided well i cooked a steak cooked some veggies okay actually, it actually was amazing it was oh. great my place is so small mm-hmm. that the entire thing was filled with smoke and I, I turned on, like, you know, like, what is it? Like, the oven, What it, you know, the I don't have the, one that the overhangs. Yeah. I have one that's, like, next to the oven, and it's okay. supposed to, like, suck it all down. Right. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's just ridiculous. That's a joke. <laughs> it just turns on a fan. Yeah. And open. I, I knew what I was getting myself into is I opened up all the windows and the doors and everything. So I'm sitting down to eat my food. I was, I was like, oh, this tastes great. Aaron, you're great. You um, watched The Bear a few times. You got inspired. There we go. And then I heard, it's, like, 9 p.m. at this mm-hmm. point. I heard the loudest sound outside in my bushes. I have these like ficuses that connect with me and my neighbor. We live, you know, we live on top of each other. And I thought there was someone climbing up like the gate onto my roof. Cause my roofs I live like a little like bungalow thing. So I thought, you know, so I have this crazy <laughs> police flashlight that is like super high lumens that I, you know, cause I'm, you know. Blind the criminal. I'm a blind them. <laughs> And I run out, and I look like a crazy person. I'm, like, standing on, you know, my car, trying to look and see if there's someone on my roof. I had all the doors open. I was closing everything. I don't know. It was a wild night. So I haven't felt safe this weekend. Mm. So you saying all those things about miracles, us being alive, we dodged another one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, our heart squats everyone in Mexico City. Yes. I think it was a possum. I don't know. Or maybe it was my neighbor. Um, But, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously we want to... Our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone in Mexico City. Yeah, We have a huge, beautiful community, a part of Mosaic there. And it and we just love them. makes us want to go down there sooner and yeah. be with you guys. Okay. All right. So many things going on. Okay. So Biden says the pandemic is over. Oh, you're jumping right there. Let's go. Woo! Right. Well,
1: I'm so excited that the pandemic's over. I mean, it's just, it's who, great news. Who told him?
0: <laughs>
1: or did he just remember? all right but there's a slight contradiction okay brooke what happened
2: well (laughs) the biden administration had extended the public health emergency for covid through the middle of october now are
1: are we in the middle of october now
2: (laughs) not quite but they they did they did do that in july they did it july 15th for three months Uh uh-huh so the real question is if they're going to re-up or not.
1: Well, how can you re-up when the president just declared the pandemic over?
2: I've seen stranger things. Well, He's... I just
1: I just read there was a Gallup poll that one out of every three Americans are afraid to go back to work to contract COVID. Mm. And and so one, first of all, if you're one of those one out of three, stop worrying. The pandemic's over. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so you can go back to work and not sweat it. You're fine. I did have this little cynical, slightly jaded moment where I thought, I wonder how many people are filling out those surveys saying I'm afraid to go back to work because they do not want to go back to work and are just using COVID as an excuse
0: to not go back to work.
2: Well, it's interesting because Mm -hmm. COVID is it is the third leading cause of death, according to the National Institute of Health. But the
0: the National Institute of what?
2: Of health. But the first is heart disease. Yeah. And we've never (laughs) shut down the country for heart disease. And the second is cancer. And then the fourth is stroke accidents um those are the fourth and fifth but still it's it's still definitely Mm -hmm. an issue but it's not necessarily a pandemic
1: yeah but i think that other causes of um of death have dropped dramatically like pneumonia Mm -hmm. um tuberculosis lung diseases Mm -hmm. um like old age is no longer a cause of death what do you mean well because so many people were actually elderly who are counted as deaths by covid (laughs) Ah, that would have just died because they lived their life fully, right? And so when you see COVID as the third leading cause of death, I'm going, well, that's right before humans die because they get old. And the reality is that those numbers can be so manipulated that it's really distressing. Yes, um, but I, I, but I did think to myself that. Um,
0: What do I would be I
1: would be more more worried about getting COVID at work because of the implications of I have to quarantine or I have to like not go to work or it has all these social ramifications than the fear of something bad happening to me because I I got COVID.
2: I don't I wonder how many people fear COVID because of the actual reaction it would have physically.
1: You see, I think very few. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I, I, you might want to fact check me on this because I'm just going to make this up. But um, I think that I just saw that it was Sweden that said that no one under 50 needs to be vaccinated anymore. Mm. I think it was. Sweden. Mm. And um, I'm coming over, Stockholm. Well, what, what struck me was, oh, see, now people are actually thinking in a more rational way.
2: They decided in January to not recommend vaccines for mm-hmm. kids five to eleven.
1: Right, that happened earlier. Yeah. But somewhere right now, there was a decision that was made that no one under fifty needs to be vaccinated. Okay. And my well, my whole you... point of this is that it's so arbitrary. President Biden says COVID, the pandemic is, is over. And yeah. you, you know, is there like any scientific
0: validation? Oh, I know what it is. It's the midterms. I think he. <laughs> I think he. I think it's like when you forget the um the stove is on. I think he <laughs> forgot he hadn't ended it. You know, so he was like, Oh, you know what? Let me let me just come right back real right here real quick. It's not doing anything wrong. No one's no one's it's not burning down the house. Well, let me just go back to COVID and just let me turn the light off real quick. The,
2: this, just... the director of the World <laughs> Health Organization yes. Yes. said the number of weekly reported deaths from COVID is the lowest since March twenty twenty. The month it really started. <laughs> it's the lowest since then. He said, "We've never been in a better position to end the pandemic."
0: Huh, that's interesting.
2: It feels like it just needs someone to pull the trigger. Maybe you know, it was Biden.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw that 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 not my president Biden was <laughs> at the Queen's funeral this this today because mm-hmm. today's Monday. We're recording this right. on Monday, and I also saw. um that, uh, that he was there with his wife and they mm. were attending the funeral I thought it was yeah. a really beautiful. I didn't watch it. Did you watch it, Brooke? I, I did not. I saw some of like, the highlights. If you want to keep him, you can keep them. Great Britain. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. all I'm saying. Yes! Well, I did think it was unusual that
1: so many people talk about uh, King Charles' age. Because he's old. He's 72, but he's six years younger than President Biden.
2: Well, I and, think the issue is whenever we look at king charles we also see prince william right next to him and we're like we want option b but there's no one standing next to president biden at all times as his replacement
1: no wow brooke my former liberal friend the what? person who stands next to president biden is kamala harris
2: oh well we ain't seen her in weeks when's the last
1: time we saw <laughs> <Maybe> her years <laughs> no, but the this, last the, time? this is the reality you're supposed to have your vice president who's this youthful Emerging leader standing next to you, and so you're saying that you have more confidence in William is leading the, the the monarchy, the monarchy than you have uh, Harris of leading the
0: democracy. I like I do. Is that really <laughs> what? Is that really what the VP does or signifies? Because I feel like it mostly signifies the runner-up category. The- no, because Biden was selected by Obama, he became the president,
1: and you know, I mean, Gerald Ford did become president when Richard Nixon was. Uh, you, you know, exercise from the the presidency, exercise. and so <laughs> <sorry. He laughs> was removed impeached and removed. <laughs> impeach. and, uh, um, you, you know, so vice presidents are the best postured to become the next president for, or candidate for yes, their party. Of course, that's supposed to be what you're supposed to do. And when Biden was at his already elderly age running for presidency, they, sh- they they supposedly picked the most qualified candidate to replace him because they knew he was incredibly vulnerable. Because of his age and health. So you would think the Democratic Party would be absolutely cheerleading Kamala Harris and advocating for her to lead the party and um, and positioning her to run for the presidency in the next election.
0: Bernie's going to come back. That's what I'm going to say.
2: I don't think Bernie's going to die. Bernie's never
0: dying. Bernie's old, but he's he's youthful.
2: I didn't know that governor. This is off Mm -hmm. topic.
0: This is off topic or off the record.
2: Topic okay. Governor Abbott
0: um, mm-hmm. From
2: Texas I didn't realize He's been busing migrants To outside Kamala's home <laughs> After she said The border was secure Did you guys know that? No. I did not know I that I basically looked up Where in the world Is K- Kamala Harris And that's One of her most
0: Is her house Trying to keep ki- <laughs> oh, put up a wall Hold on That's not funny That's That's really cold um, that's like, but that's very bad. But it
1: does um, remind me of something. Uh, so it is an interesting segue. There where is that place up in? Is it Maine or Connecticut where all the rich people live? This beautiful Martha's island. Vineyard? Martha's Vineyard.
0: Both are very both are where rich people live. So in Martha's Vineyard
1: is it in Connecticut or Maine?
0: Martha's Vineyard I think is no, I think it's like New Hampshire or yeah. something.
2: It's in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yeah, Massachusetts.
1: Okay, so I did not know, but I've been there. But I, oh. I just drove through there one time. Okay. All right. Can you? They have been shipping immigrants or undocumented workers. Workers yes. to Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Why? Um, Because they are highly liberal and they don't believe there's a border problem. So Texas has been sending them there.
2: He flew them there.
1: Oh, he flew two planes. That's right. Two planes, right?
2: Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Ron DeSantis
1: flew them there. Oh, from Florida. Okay. All my facts are jumbled up, but I'm going to get there. All right. So DeSantis sent them from Florida to Martha's Vineyard. And Martha's Vineyard doesn't want them. In fact, one of their spokespeople said, we don't have a way of housing these people. We don't even have enough housing for our residents. So they put them on buses. And sent them to a military base. So what's interesting to me is you, you know, and this is true in everything. We all have our political ideologies until they affect our lives. Mm. And when they affect our lives, that's when we begin to r- discover what we actually believe and we're actually committed to.
0: I what do you how do you feel about those actions, Brooke? I
2: don't like the idea of using a person for a political stunt especially someone who is coming into the country possibly as a refugee um, or with limited resources or even knowledge of the English language that you would put them on a bus and send them to another state to make a point?
1: Okay, so let me ask you, I agree with you actually, but (laughs) um, is it a political stunt for the White House to not secure the borders and allow those people in Arizona and Texas because it doesn't affect the more liberal states, it does affect those two more conservative states. Is it inhumane to allow all those people to come into a state where they don't know the language, don't have jobs, and don't have the capacity to survive? Why does it become more of a political stunt and more humane when those same states send them to other states that say that they are sanctuary cities? Because that's where they were sending them, to Mm. Detroit and to Martha's Vineyards, to places that declared themselves... As sanctuary cities. So if you make that declaration, yeah. is it a political stunt or are you saying, okay, this you, this is what you say. Now let's see if you actually back up what you say.
2: Which so did New York. Um, yes. And the mayor said he's floated the idea of lifting their policy to grant shelter to anyone who needs it due to the struggle that the state is facing, keeping up with the amount of people arriving on buses. Um, and for me, I think it's difficult because you're asking a very limited amount of states to be the funnel for every person that would cross into the U.S. on foot. That's right, we're asking
1: car. Texas and Arizona to handle almost all of the immigration issues. Yes. And and then we um, take a, a, it seems, a higher, more humane policy of saying we should have open borders, mm-hmm. but as long as they don't come into our states, hmm. And that becomes, for me, very disingenuous mm-hmm. uh, because you're, you're not dealing with the reality of that. And so New York is dealing with one one-thousandth of the dilemma of Texas or Arizona. Mm-hmm. Like it, Detroit is dealing with hundreds of people. Texas dealing with tens of thousands of people. It's, it's a dramatically different issue. And, uh, and it, it is sort of this, that thing of out of sight, out of mind as yes. long as we're not affected by it, we don't really care about it.
2: I mean, Abbott, Governor Abbott's office said it had sent over 8,000 migrants to D.C. since the spring.
1: That's incredible. Now, find the number of migrants that have not been sent, and you're going to get the contrast. Even though 8,000 seems like a lot,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're you're probably looking at over 100,000 that Texas is dealing with in a blink of an eye.
2: Well, it's Border Patrol mm-hmm. said four days ago, according to one source, mm-hmm. um, that they log roughly eight thousand migrant encounters a day.
1: A day. Hmm. So, in so they basically in sent month, to 30, Detroit to one day days. of their problem.
0: Hmm.
1: One day, and they're complaining, going, "This is inhumane." Wait. But you not you don't care about the other three hundred sixty four days and
0: the people who no are now trapped. Now. That's a quarter million people a month. Yeah. And that's, and you, know, you know, that's that, not... That's, that's people who actually get documented. They,
2: yeah. yeah, it's not every day. I think it's recently, that's the yeah. l- the number they've been logging. But there are 4.3 million... Um, in 2017, 16% of the Texas population was immigrants.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So uh, no matter what you feel about politi- politics, Texas is doing their fair share of reestablishing a new life for undocumented immigrants coming to America. I don't like
0: it. I don't like it. I don't think I don't th- I, I think it's I think it's wrong to use humans. Yes. As a political statement, though, all humanity is used in some form. Yeah. As a political statement, especially in this country. But I, 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 I do understand the methodology behind it, the ideology behind it and why he's doing mm-hmm. it, and the purpose behind it. It always just feels a little wrong when the right does things like that. Right and but I also do you know it's like if you're voting for a certain thing in a certain state you should have to deal with it and if you if it actually doesn't it, it feels more wrong that I guess places like Martha's Vineyard have in Massachusetts can vote for this type of immigration and have no consequence yes they should just not be able to vote for it
1: yeah yeah the thing is you're right and Brooke's right it's one hundred percent wrong and and what's happening that's causing it is one thousand percent wrong. And I don't know if anyone's going to do anything about the wrong that's happening if it doesn't create some level of discomfort for the people who are living in cocoon spaces, making decisions for other people.
2: What What would you say is the fix? Because there's still eight thousand people a day who need to come into the country.
0: No, no, they don't Wait, need to. Why do they, they want need to. to come.
2: No, I'm saying need, as in they feel they need to come.
0: We agree on something finally. <laughs> against me. And you against Br- yeah. united. <laughs> I still say
1: the number one, the, the only solution, as much as um, Bukele is beginning hate in El Salvador because of transforming his country, um, the only solution is for the United States to pour an immense amount of time, energy, and resources into Central America so that Latin America can be free, and flourishing, we cannot stop massive immigration
0: if we don't ad- help address the issues of poverty in Central America. Do you find that it's problematic that you want us to inf- you want us to invest and to integrate financial capital into these countries? Yes. Infrastructure. I'm guessing the war on drugs, which is not something that's often talked about. Mm-hmm. But don't you feel like it's their responsibility—the Mexican government, the Guatemalan government, the Honduran, the Equ- the the El Salvadorian government—to handle the war on drugs? Because that's that's yeah. the biggest issue is because a lot of these a lot of these amazing people who are coming across the border, who are needing to come across the border, as Brooke would say, they're they're escaping situations yeah. from the cartel. Yeah. Their farms are being they're taken over. from violence and they're yeah. running from violence. They're running from like their farms being taken over by cartels. saying you have to grow this, or mm-hmm. you were going to come back and kill you. There's a lot of extenuating, extenuating circumstances yeah. that are affecting these people's lives. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's our fault, but I am saying it's our responsibility if we want I'm to not solve saying the you're problem. You're saying it's our fault. I'm saying. What's gonna actually change if these countries don't regulate the drug lords that live inside their own countries? Because what ends up happening is we end up doing the same thing that we did in Baghdad. We come in, or the same thing we did with Chiquita Banana mm-hmm. in Colombia or in was it Guatemala? Mm-hmm. Is it Guatemala or Honduras that Chiquita Banana was in? Guatemala, right? No, Honduras, I think. Hond- Cause yeah. no, because when El Salvador took over Guatemala, yeah. it was it the Chiquita Honduras. Banana. It wasn't Guatemala. It was Honduras. It was Honduras yeah. Okay. That was the one that was the 48 hour war? Yeah. Or 24 hour. war. Uh, 24 hour war. Yeah. For me, it's it's just I I think I don't know if us putting a bunch of money to Central America makes sense. Central America needs to figure out for itself what Central America is doing.
1: Well, people have been waiting on that for you know a few hundred years. And what What I'm saying, the (laughs)
0: reality—that's—I don't know what you just said. The the reality, though, is that if Central America was pumping oil, we'd be taking care of them. It would be Central. It would be the Central East. Yeah, I'm just saying we're not going to solve this problem
1: unless we help solve the problems south of the border. Mm-hmm. it may not be our responsibility but if you're looking at it from a tactical position or even in a long-term strategic position it benefits everyone for this continent to be economically healthy and would
2: you hate, say, would you say historically that the us's involvement or influence in latin america has been beneficial to the latin american people
1: no we've abused and taken advantage of latin america no, we
0: ransack and we raid Countries,
1: yeah, we've supported dictators. we' we've, yeah, we've, no. we've advanced the drug culture. We've sent MS 13 back to El Salvador. we you know yes um, it, it, we we haven't um, ever taken on a posture of going um, we can actually be a positive force in the economic development of Latin America. It's not United States responsibility. I want to be clear. It's, okay it's not this country's responsibility, but I think tactically it's a smart
0: move. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why didn't we take it over? <laughs> like well, now, now it's not it's not socially acceptable for one mm-hmm. country to take over another country. Sure. As per Russia and Ukraine and the entire world supplying right. Ukraine against Russia, mm-hmm. other than I guess maybe China, but when you we as the United States fight all of our wars. On other people's soil. Mm-hmm. So why is it that we have never we know that 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 whatever is going on, whether it's Mexico or Guatemala sending their immigrants from Central and South mm-hmm. all the way up to North America to the U.S., we know that it affects us. It affects our economy. It affects our livelihood. It affects you know the safety of citizens and immigrants mm-hmm. both right equally. Why isn't it that we have not done something more drastic over the last 300 years? Well, we did. Hundred years. We
1: did take over a lot of it. It's called California. It's called California, yeah. <laughs> Texas. <laughs> That's why we have the Alamo. You know, basically, right. our border is the part of um, Central America that we took over. Right. And a part of our immigration dilemma, especially when it comes to um, the Mexican um, people, is that they didn't migrate here illegally. They found themselves on the other side of a border, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and uh, they were they were Mexicans on Monday, America, and then <laughs> and Mexicans in America on Tuesday, right? You know, and so right. you have to understand there's a little bit of history there, you know, yeah. behind that. And I think it was in the 1950s. I could be wrong. You can look at this Brooke. I've been wrong a lot today, but uh, I think somewhere in the 1950s, El Salvador actually petitioned the United States to try to become an American state.
0: Oh, interesting. Or like a, like like Puerto Rico. Yeah, to become yeah.
1: a part of the United States. And I think that was one of the great eras of this nation and because if we had embraced El Salvador and taken El Salvador on as a territory we would have eventually had a relationship with every territory in Central America that would have been incredibly uh, profitable and instead of just but having that's
0: one of the great things about this nation no the great oversights one of the oversights. great tragedies yeah, yeah. and
1: even with Panama we built the canal but we didn't develop the nation we left it in poverty and and so there, there are a lot of things there that maybe historically we could have done differently. I'm just looking forward in going. Uh, it helps us to have a, a Mexico that's not corrupt and that is economically viable and politically and safe. Mm-hmm. It helps us to have a El Salvador that is both secure and economically um, thriving. It it helps our nation because then people won't want to leave their nations and come here. And And again, for all the criticism of the United States, you have to realize the whole world and uh, um, recognizes that this is a place to come for opportunity and freedom right. And you just don't see people clamoring to get into Russia or China yes. or you know, and they're going right through Mexico to yeah. the United States. So whatever all the problems are in this nation, whatever we um face that we feel um, this country has let us down or has been historically. Um, not living up to its ideals. This is still, to me, the greatest nation in the world. All it right. It is. It is. Yeah. There's a few other things that I want us to say, to talk about. What else? Um, all right. So we, you know, really looking at the earthquake in Mexico. Looking at um, the pandemic being over. We want to celebrate
0: that. Um, celebrate it. Welcome to the party, <laughs> President Biden. Woo! Welcome. Yeah. I'm joking. Get right. up, Resi. You can you can sit inside and outside.
2: You can be a patron level <laughs> Patreon member.
0: Yeah, but it w- there, our nation is
1: going to have a hard time recovering from the fear. I, I even Patreon, I, Brooke. <laughs> Patreon. That's even, what I said. Even, said even as patron. I drove here, I saw a man in a car by himself wearing a mask. You did?
0: Yep. Who's might have been Uber? No. No. Oh.
1: He was by himself driving his car with a mask on, and I thought an Uber. I, I felt so sad for him because I thought, wow, he's living in fear. It's a mosquito. (laughs) We are infested with mosquitoes here in California. I don't know what it sounds like. It's everywhere. Crazy. So I'm going to just bring up something that makes me excited. Okay. And happy. Okay. For my birthday, you gave me a very special gift. I did. You gave me an experience, which you know I love. Yes. And I don't have room for more things. I have endless room for more experiences. Yes. And so you bought me (laughs) tickets to the University of North Carolina versus Notre Dame football game in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, this Hill. Saturday. Woo! I am so excited. Best I've, place on earth. I've not been back to Chapel Hill since I graduated as a, to go to a game. And I used to go to every game. I lived in every, every dorm and I would walk from my dorm, almost in my pajamas, right to the stadium and That's never so missed cool. a single game. I watched Lawrence Taylor play football. I, I have such great memories there. And Aaron, thank you so much for my birthday gift. I am so excited. And then, I went ahead. You know how they say that, um, you know, we always say if God closes the door, he opens the window. Sometimes you just got to knock on the door or check the handle and see if it's unlocked. right?
2: <laughs> why well, jump out the
1: window if you're on the 18th story? Right?
2: Uh, why didn't no one check the door? That's so, funny.
1: I have a friend named John Gordon, and he speaks to all these university teams. So I, I DM John. I said, uh, I'm going to the UNC-Notre Dame game uh, in two weeks. Uh, Aaron gave me this gift, and I would love to get to do something with the football team since I'm a Tar Heel. And so John DM'd Mac Brown, the head coach, then Mac DM'd John, and he sent me this note saying, we would love to have, Irwin. first he said, we hadn't even thought that far ahead. It was like three weeks ago. And, and then I get this DM saying, we'd love to have Erwin speak. So I'm gonna get to go speak to the football team and the coaches at UNC Chapel Hill. It's a dream come true. Woo! This is a bucket list. It's a bucket list. I'm so excited to go. It is a bucket list. And I'm excited to go. Carolina's 3-0. Notre Dame uh, just won their first game of the season. Uh, it's, it, the game is sold out. It's going to be on national television on ABC. And, oh, wow. And I'm just believing my heels are going to pull out a upset victory and beat the Fighting Irish. And I'm yeah. very excited.
0: They had a tough time against Appalachian State, so. And now we know that they're better than people the thought. Appalachian State, yeah, because they rocked Texas A&M, yeah, right? Yeah, they did, yeah. Okay, so I just got hit up. Can we just, a little segue? I All just, I right. never, I don't usually check DMs. Tar Heels, during... I'm
1: coming. I'm coming. <laughs>
0: Chapel Hill. Erwin is going to UNC Chapel Hill. <laughs> yeah. Get him, Tar Heels. All right. Is there sayings at Char- like Chapel Hill? Is there like a saying I need to know? I don't know, but if
1: you live in Chapel Hill
0: died duke <laughs> yeah might. yeah that's true i know <laughs> <laughs> the, is there not like i need best coffee shops best restaurants for all we're there did you ever go to football games brooke
1: oh
2: yeah oh,
0: of course you loved going
2: i enjoyed it yeah
0: like even if you're not at football it's just like it's a thing there right? it's Electric. an experience
1: keenan stadium man it's okay. massive
0: so a man named gary Re- guys love this week's podcast but a few corrections speaking as a british citizen there's no such thing as england did we say england it's Great queen, Britain. It, didn't we say the Queen of England, though? Isn't she still the Queen, queen of England? Well, no, boys, Finish this critique. Okay, then we'll break it down. And, Brooke, you can fact check us and you can correct us. But I don't like it, Gary. Oh, goodness. <laughs> no, it's fine.
1: Hey, a, a Brooke can
0: correct us he, on British. No, he's propriety. he's done it a few times. Okay. Um, he, his, last week he said, I'm sorry, but I had to pause this latest episode. There are no good Latin actors. What? Gary? Krushenbar?
1: Canada what about Oscar
0: Isaac? We didn't say there's no good Latin actors. We were joking, saying, Are there no good Latin but actors? But he's British. He doesn't understand satire. My man, <laughs> no, exactly. My response last week was, It was sarcasm. Listen, again, he hearted it. Then he decided to write a Bible passage. And I responded with, I'm so sorry you live in England. Just that. No, you it's fine. love England. What? Although there's no such thing as England. There's no such thing. So I can't love it. If there's no such thing. Wait a minute. He said this. There's oh no such thing as England. Blah, blah, blah. England is one of our f- the four home nations that constitute the UK. Yeah. It is. Our country is the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Okay. Gary, I don't. One. Free Northern Ireland. It ain't yours. Aaron. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let the Northern Irish work that out. <laughs>
0: I'm a Protestant. (laughs) Okay, wait a minute. Okay, But I'm technically a Catholic. (laughs) I I don't want to
1: go to war against Gary, who's actually British. Gary seems fine. But it seems like, and again, please fact check me. Yes. um, It seems that England plays in the World Cup and plays in the Olympic Games, as does Scotland and Ireland and Wales. They're all countries. They're all countries. So when you say there's no such thing as England, Gary... I don't know what world you're living in. You can say England is a part of a larger um, national um, confederacy called uh, the they, United Kingdom.
2: They call it a a constituent or England is a U.K. constituent country.
1: So England does exist. Yes. So, Gary, I I think you stand corrected. England does exist. You might even live there. Gary. And, and if you add Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland, I think I'm just quoting
0: you, you have there e- the, the United Kingdom. England, and you might even live there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> who has ever said, hey, have you been to London, UK?
0: Second. <laughs> yeah. Second, Elizabeth was not an authoritarian monarch. She was a constitutional monarch. It's the prime minister who actually runs the country. Did we talk about her being an authoritarian monarch? No.
2: I don't recall that phrasing.
0: I think we think she's powerless. She, don't worry. She's a figurehead. We she's know a figurehead. Know she's a figurehead. I don't, don't worry, don't Gary. I think we said authoritarian, but just like last week with the no good <laughs> Latin actors, I'm not sure you understand. It might be a, a translation or there. sarcasm or English.
1: But I do think the monarchy began <laughs> yeah. as an authoritarian. <laughs> I mean the monarchy clearly began as an authoritarian dictatorship. But you yes. know
0: he's quoting us apparently. And then the last one was she was also devout fo- d- devout follower. She was also a devout follower of Jesus. Watch her funeral later today and ask yourself who brought more glory to God and who more effectively represented the character of Christ, Elizabeth or Trump.
2: Oh well, <laughs> well
0: who's, who's yeah, fighting Gary. for Trump
2: in this yeah, conversation? Yeah, going, wow. oh, he fight. held the Bible upside Trump. down.
0: Wow, <laughs> who's or, taller, me or Danny DeVito? Or. <laughs> 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 I was like uh, my man, I just, <laughs> my man is. I'm re, he. He going restricted. I like him, but he going restricted because I'm not about these fights. Um, here is my thing. Here's my thing. That was fun. That was fun. (laughs) My thing is this, is I actually like, I don't, I don't understand, I understand the monarch. What I don't understand is like you gave up the power to the prime minister and the parliament and you still exist. That I don't understand. And that for me is like, it's, it feels like the end of an era that has been prolonged.
1: Well, I agree. I mean, George Washington had the opportunity to become a king. They wanted to make him a king, and he refused it, That's and he became a president. Yeah. And if somehow, what you know, several centuries ago, a former British citizen named George Washington
0: mm-hmm.
1: could understand that the era of monarchies was over, mm-hmm. I don't understand why England, or I'm sorry, the United Kingdom, Great Britain, um, hasn't come to that realization. I I do understand though. The symbolism, I actually think it's quite beautiful. I love that. And so I guess maybe I don't have you, a problem with the fact that they have a symbolic monarchy that says this is a part of our history. Um, but but is it that great of a history? You conquered other nations, you pillaged cities, you, you did unthinkable things to commoners, you conquered other people. You peoples. created Australia, it's your fault. <laughs> And then you it's you, you maintain that so, so, rugby is your fault. Now I just think you know the, the truth is we're in this era in our in our history right now where everyone's history is, is bad is so bad is bad. I I one I really do celebrate Queen Elizabeth's life.
0: No, I think she was, and I yeah. think
1: she was a really beautiful follower of Christ, and that she took a very difficult um, task and did an extraordinary thing. Oh, what was hard? Oh, I think, was, I think it was incredibly hard to take the position of lo- losing all your privacy, to become a monarch, a symbol for a nation in the time of war, to try to bring hope and peace and calm to a people, to always stand in every situation with some level of grace and dignity. I, I, I don't think it's easy to be the queen of England. I didn't
0: say it was easy. I'm asking. I believe that the hardest parts of the monarch are self-inflicted.
1: I think there's a lot of truth to that, too. Because they're bound by tradition rather than sometimes
0: just by common sense. By just being human. Yeah. Just even the fact that she wasn't educated properly as a child, right? Yeah. And, and, I, and I, do, I really do respect her for making sure she became educated, yeah. for taking that on upon herself, yeah. even as a monarch. But it does feel like this is a representation thing that just needs to kind of let go. I mean, I don't know i i i i'm obsessed with it i love reading about it and listening to 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 podcasts about it and i'm obsessed with it but i think it's ridiculous yeah
1: i i I think for me it's like i almost like feel like i have no opinion because i'm not a british citizen and so you can you can create whatever you want for your own nation you know and yeah i'm fine with that there are other nations that still have kings or queens or royalty and
0: um, I mean, yeah, Denmark and Belgium. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, they're like the Karda- they are like their versions of the Kardashians. Yeah, I, it's it's something that is
1: culturally valuable to them, and I don't want to hate on it. I think it's fascinating. I think it's really interesting. I just think that, of course, the original intent for a monarchy is something that can no longer be tolerated in the world. But okay, that's my thoughts. All right, okay. Can we move on to some other things? Let's move on to some other things. I do have a few things. I have them on my little battle ready playlist. Really? Yeah.
0: What's left? It kind of hit everything.
1: No, I, I, I still want to talk about these two things. Which two things? We've been struggling with, okay. Uh, right should, now, my my car, my electric car. You have an electric car, yes. Is um desperately needing to be charged. Okay. Uh, I haven't been able to charge it. You
0: charged it last night?
1: Uh, We got a little bit of charge into it, yes. And uh, A little bit, okay. But two weeks ago, Okay. I had it. Plugged in to charge. It had no charge. Like twenty miles. Okay. And then we had a blackout, brownout in our neighborhood. All the power what's went a, off in our neighborhood. What's a brownout. A brownout is when you lose most of the power in the neighborhood. Oh, I didn't, a blackout's a when you lose everything. Yeah. No. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So I think brownouts are more strategic, right? They do it on purpose and they cut your electricity by a certain percentage and. And so That's everything crazy. went off. Our air conditioning, which did not reboot, so we were in 100-degree weather.
0: It was it was so disgusting Brutal. in your house.
1: And my car didn't charge because it didn't reboot throughout the night. Yeah. And uh, so I ended up with zero, basically, uh, movability with my electric car. And I've lived in L.A. now for—we've been here in this area for 30-something years— and we've lived with rolling brownouts and rolling blackouts. We've lived yeah. with um, everything going off. We've lived with our refrigerator not having electricity. So yeah, you every, show up
0: later in the day and then your refrigerator completely Everything broken. in our freezer
1: yeah. is, is spoiled. Everything in the refrigerator is ruined. And in this context, I have, we have Gavin Newsom, who's our governor, mm. saying that by 2035, every car in California that w- will be sold will be electric. Mm. We're going to go fully electric. Mm. And I'm listening to that. And, and so here's my dilemma.
0: What's your problem with that though? I like it. I, mean, I, know. I don't like him. I like it though. Okay. I like the rule. I know,
1: but this is honestly, this is what keeps driving me to be more of a conservative thinker. How so? I don't disagree with the idea. I just think there is no intelligence around the process of implementation. No, um, struggling or wrestling with the reality at all. It's so easy to go, everything's going to be electric by 2035. You can't even find enough electricity to keep my refrigerator going. Yeah. Right, you know? And you're going you're gonna to have every car in California electric. And on top of that, I do have an electric car. I'm one of the first people in the world that went electric. So I am an early adopter in this entire environmental journey to get rid of fossil fuels and you can't even give me enough electricity to keep my car charged. And I'm not even competing with everyone. Like, I'm in a very, very small minority of people who actually have electric vehicles. And there's not enough to go around. And there's not enough charging stations either.
0: No. And that's the, that, the, the thing about this that gets me mm-hmm. is the, the, the amazing, amazing backlash you got. Like immediately, like he po- he posted about it and the, the, all of the news sites posted about it in California. And then it was like, yeah, but it's 112 degrees and our electricity's <laughs> off and my car won't start. Yeah. So how do you expect me to do anything? Go to work, right, go to the hospital. This is why it's store. hard for
1: me to trust political thinking because I think that he's just posturing himself to run for president. because there's no way- He's going to run for president? Oh, I, I feel he, like certain he's going to run for president. If he runs
0: for president, unfortunately- Anyone with the last name Trump is going to win. I just, that man will lose. When Gavin I see people Wilson.
1: making um, quote um, ideological moves, uh, you know, like when no. he starts speaking against the Santas, when he starts becoming a public, a national voice against conservative governors, I realize, Oh, he yeah. wants to run for president. So he's trying to create a, a national platform. When he says every vehicle is going to become electric by 2035. I'm like, that man is super intelligent. I don't believe you stupid. He has to know that's impossible. He had, and and then I get nervous. I'm going, wait a minute. Are we going to become a part of the board? I I mean, I'm looking over there at at Austin and Brooke, you're the, you know, you guys and Aaron are the younger generation. (laughs) Do you like the idea that the government can hit a button and turn off every one of your vehicles and stop you from driving if they decide to, today, no one's allowed to, to travel? Elon Musk would
0: never do that. Elon Musk wouldn't do that.
1: Yeah, but if you can't get power...
0: Yeah, the government solar. gets our full no, power. No, we're going solar. We're going solar. Everything's going solar. Cars are not going solar. No, but I think I do think at some point there will be a regenerative like like nope. the same way there's a regenerative braking, there's gonna be regenerative driving. But like it's not. Are... But oh, and that I've I've tried regenerative
1: driving and it makes you want to puke. It no, but I so think, sick. no, but I'm <laughs> saying I think that they're gonna
0: end up being able to like fuse, infuse like solar cells into like the bodies of the cars and you're able to like look like generate the, the only way like California can go electric is by becoming
1: nuclear. And you cannot be against nuclear, and before going all electric, it is impossible. So what? With your, what's, our present technology, okay. What's to your make big, that shift. Okay. So
0: your problem is,
1: I get tired of politicians giving us these pictures of what the future is going to look like without any strategy to get there. I feel like people are so naive. That the moment someone says something, they go, yes, I'm I'm all for all electric. Well, I am too. I'd like electricity all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Not just all electric vehicles. I'd like an all electric refrigerator. All electric air conditioning. I'm all for that. Oh, yeah. Solve that problem in California first. Okay.
2: Why not just reduce the amount that we drive?
1: Well, Brooke, that's easy to say if you have the power to choose where you work or well, you create your company. But a lot of people have to take jobs and can't afford to live near that job.
2: Well, yes, but that's what I'm saying, is why not focus our energy on building affordable housing?
0: Brooke, you haven't been listening. There's no energy. Our There's b- rolling blackouts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm you sorry, i You haven't been listening. I don't have any energy for work today. I'm in a rolling blackout.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a brownout. I'm We're in a roll, A rolling out. blackout <laughs> okay. day. That's, that's a new HR thing. Well, Brooke,
1: I think there are solutions, um, but there are none in place and none in play. And so, when you just say the end game, I'm going to do this, and you don't actually have a plan, I think you're being disingenuous. Speaking of that, Ooh. it's where my natural transition. So, th-
0: so okay, so let's just let's 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 copy and paste that logic yeah. to mm-hmm. your logic about immigration. Yeah. You think Teddy DeSantis is that his name? Teddy DeSantis? Ron DeSantis? Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Who's Teddy DeSantis? I don't know. I just made him up. <laughs> Ron DeSantis, my man, who's flying immigrants over. T- to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. That cannot be a cheap flight. Just that's a that's incredible a waste of money. From, From San money.
2: Antonio to mm. Massachusetts. Do you think okay. he has a plan with that?
0: Or is he trying to make a statement? No, that those are just pure political statements. Okay. So do you, you so what you're saying is Gavin Newsom is creating a statement, a political statement. No, he, he has no
1: plan. He's trying to convince people he's going to create the future that they want. Yeah. Without any capacity to do it. Yeah. Which leads me to the, and I haven't talked about this, even though I've thought about it for the last month, the Inflation Reduction Act. Like the moment I heard about the Inflation Wait, Reduction hold on. Act,
0: this is we're, we're fifty-four minutes in. I know, just so I'll do hold the on, no, 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 I think this is. I think i was ah! What what, <laughs> what? You talked for you've talked for fifty minutes. Yes, I know. Do you, would you like to put this wow. in the Patreon?
1: Oh wow! Yes, let's
0: go ahead and do that. Okay, so. We finish with Teddy DeSantis. Can okay. we keep
2: his noise, though?
0: <laughs>
2: ah! <laughs> okay.
0: What I want to
1: talk about in Patreon isn't as much the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah. I no to...
0: one's buying the Patreon if... <laughs>
1: No, no. <laughs> that's what it's about. Well, that's a part of it, too, though. But it's, um, it's about the use of logic to create um, false connections of reality. Okay. And one of the early things you study in philosophy is um, – Tease it, don't tell it. Okay. Ooh. Is how you use language to create false views of reality. And so, if you use the right language, you can actually do
0: the opposite thing. Okay. And with that, we are wrapping this episode up. And if you want to continue this episode, you can go check out our Patreon. All right. I thought we we're only gonna do thirty minutes for free. We're. I don't know. We're gonna. <laughs> we're gonna link the Patreon. <laughs> In the bio, everywhere you're listening. It's also gonna probably be on our website and it'll be on the IG. It'll be on the link tree in the IG. So you just click the link in the bio and you can click the Patreon. You can sign up, you can sub. It's a monthly thing. We are excited to have created it and we're excited to see where it goes. And we're gonna create some extra content right now for it. So go check it out. But before you do, rate and review this podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And you can like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. That thing's almost up to 4K now. Like 396. It's not bad. We we started from the bottom. So good. When Mosaic kicked us off theirs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. See you guys next week. All right. Take care.